day six of the Tokyo Olympics, and as always at this time, we welcome back AFP's Danny Hicks for the latest. Good morning, Danny, live from Japan. Yeah, good morning, live from the uh, Kawasaki Golf Club here uh, in Kawagoe, just near in Saitama Prefecture, for those of you who know. Japan, just outside Tokyo, where the second round of the Olympic golf tournament is well underway now. We've just seen Hideki Matsuyama tee off his second round, two under par yesterday. The overnight lead was held by a surprise, actually, uh, uh, an unheralded Austrian, um, Sepp Stracker, uh, the world number 161. Yep, Sepp who? Me, me, me neither. Mm. I didn't know. Um, and I know my golf inside out. But uh, a real, real shock leader overnight. Um, missed six of his last seven cuts on the PGA Tour. Um, really not been playing well at all. Came here, shot an eight under par 63 yesterday yeah. to lead the tournament. But unfortunately, um, the wheels have come off slightly this morning. He's dropped two shots in the first two holes, uh, in the first six holes, four holes, sorry, I'll get my glasses on in a minute. Two shots in the first four holes, he's dropped back to six under par. The leader now is Sweden's Alex Noren. Uh, Alex, very, very good player. He's at four under par for his round today, so he's gone from four under to eight under and, and leading by one shot from uh, our old friend from Hong Kong Open and Asia. Jazz Jana Watananond, uh, the uh, young Thai player who won the Asian Tour of Merit a couple of years ago, you may remember. He's yeah. had a great start to the tournament. Shot, uh, after we went off air yesterday, shot a uh, seven under par, 64 to lie second overnight. He did briefly take the lead on his own this morning uh, with a birdie at the sixth, but uh, unfortunately he just dropped a shot on the 11th and dropped back to seven under par. But the big news really this morning is uh, Rory McIlroy of Northern Ireland, two over two under par overnight um, really not satisfied with the way he played yesterday he said he played a lot better than he scored um, putts wouldn't drop this that and the other but yeah. he started on fire today very steady through the first five holes and then he's gone birdie birdie eagle at the 6th, uh, 7th and 8th and that's taken him to 6 under par just 2 off the lead uh, having played 8 holes they did find a fairway bunker at the ninth. Um, Shane Lowry as well, another player who played in the 2019 Hong Kong Open. He's had a great start this morning. He's four under par for his round after eight holes as well. He's moved to five under par, just a shot behind McElroy. So the Irish boy's going very, very well. The, a lot of the big Americans just gone out. Xander Schauffele's just on the course. Justin Thomas, who had a remarkable round yesterday where every time he had a short birdie putt, it seemed to lip out. And he recorded a level par round of 71, having had 18 pars, no bird bogeys, no birdies. And uh, I asked him about it afterwards, um, had he ever had a round like that before? And he said he probably had, but he couldn't remember when. But he just wished he had an old club in the bag that he could snap <laughs> over his knee. He was that, he was that frustrated. He yeah. said every part that should have lipped in, lipped out. And uh, just one of those days, he might get it back together again. He's on the second hole as we speak. Yeah. Uh, Patrick Reed of the US, uh, three under par at the moment had a remarkable, it only, t only turned up on Wednesday, having been a late replacement for Bryson DeChambeau, who pulled out with COVID. Mm. Uh, speaking of Patrick after his round yesterday, he, he reckoned he had about 35 minutes sleep in two days, jet lag and traveling and COVID procedures and everything else, but couldn't believe how well his body held up. And he looked a lot fresher today, I must say, on the first tee, and he's three under par. Are you seeing, are you seeing any evidence of that kind? Of, all of the outside uh, extraneous circumstances, COVID, travel, yeah. jet lag, are you seeing much of that in, in these guys' work? Uh, it is affecting some more than others. That's definitely, you know, there is a, there are protocols to go through. There's testing every day for the athletes. There's yeah. a, you know, it, it's not a normal tournament for that point of view. But on the other hand, PGA Tour players certainly have been playing in kind of COVID bubbles now for the best part of a year, Gosh, some yeah. shape or form. So they're kind of used to it. 
Um, just seen on the T uh, Taiwan CT Pan, one of the Asia's, you know, one of the Asia veterans, a great player, and uh, he's got his wife caddying on the bag there, uh, um, <laughs> Michelle Lin, okay. and. Um, She's uh, giving him a big smile and a kiss just before he's teed up on the first here. He's just about oh to tee off. But yeah, the golf well underway in the second round. Uh, Paul Casey just teed off four under par yesterday for Great Britain, well in the hunt. Uh, Tommy Fleet was two under par for his round today after being a bit indifferent yesterday for Britain. He's three under par, so he's only five shots off the lead. So there's a lot to play for here in the golf. And uh, one of the one of the golfers uh, who had a really good solid opening round yesterday was China's Yuan Yechun. Now people may not know. Carl, as he likes to call himself, Carl, Carl Yuan, he's, um, he is the leading golfer in the world at the moment in China. He's, uh, he's the highest ranked Chinese golfer. Uh, quite a few of them, they're, they're more famous uh, players like Li Haotong, Wu Ashin, who is here as well, have, have kind of fallen down the rankings. So Carl, who only you, three years ago I spoke to him, he was playing on the PGA Tour China Series and playing at the Clearwater Bay Open, and I first spoke to him then. Uh, he just finished the Asian Games where he'd won a team silver for China and he, Asian Games is strictly amateur golf so he put off um, turning professional so he could represent China at the Asian Games in 2018 in Jakarta and he was rewarded with a silver medal. He just turned pro when he played the, the Clearwater Bay Open later that year uh, and I met him and spoke to him there. Very nice lad from uh, up in Dali in northwest China. It's so cold up there in the winter that he have to, have to, had to practice when he was a kid by just bashing balls against a wall inside a, inside a building because it's too cold to play outside. You know, that's where they have the ice festival and stuff. So uh, incredible. But been, been off playing uh, college golf in America. And yesterday shot a very credible, uh, a, bit, a bit of a wayward start, but then came back really well and shot a very credible two under par. Uh, 69, the same score as Rory McIlroy, the same score as the Open champion Colin Murakawa. And uh, he's actually, not only did he sacrifice turning pro to play for China in the Asian Games, he's now made another sacrifice to play under the Olympic flag of China because he was on the verge of making it to the PGA Tour proper. He plays on the Corn Ferry Tour, which is the secondary tour in China. Mm-hmm. Uh, in in America, and the top 25 in the order of merit of that get tour cards for next year, the PGA Tour and all the riches, and it's so lucrative, and that's the ambition of every golfer to play on the PGA Tour. He would have got his tour card this year, but to play for China in the Olympics, he had to come back in June and do national team training uh, and national team training camp and patriotic training and all that, which every Chinese Olympian has to do. So he missed a bunch of tournaments on the Corn Ferry Tour, which means he will not qualify to get his tour card yesterday next year and it's a big sacrifice for him to make and I asked him uh, after his round yesterday had that been a difficult decision I'm playing more to a lot more to just for myself you know play play for a lot of people play for a whole country that supported me all along the way and that was really special for me obviously you had to come here that's kind of put your corn ferry ambitions on hold for a bit but uh, you're still young yeah it, it was a little bit sacrifice to be made but like you said it's only my third year as a professional golfer and uh, there's a lot ahead of me and I believe if I um, keep getting my game sharper and uh, I'll definitely have a better shot at, at a tour card next year okay good luck for the rest of the thank you Thanks, appreciate that so that's uh, Carl Yuan Ryan Yichun of, of China, who's the leading Chinese player here. 
and uh, he tees off uh, just in a couple of minutes time his second round so we'll keep an eye on how he goes today but he's a lovely lad uh, he told me also that during lockdown he took the opportunity to get married his, his wife's also a golf <laughs> professional boy. and they yeah. met at college in Washington so uh, he said it wasn't all bad lockdown uh, it turned out quite awesome actually in his own words so we wish him well and uh, you know that China really never really done much in golf as it really needs a a boost to take off you would think in a country that where golf is so popular yeah. and so many courses now and such a big population that they could produce a, a player you know we've had 14 year olds play at the masters and stuff from china in the past but uh, never really gone on never really kicked on and get into the top levels of of the tour unlike how do you fancy carl then danny i think he's got everything he needs he th as he said there he needs to sharpen up his game he's a big hitter off the tee right he's uh he's got a terrific temperament nothing seems to phase him but if you've got an area that lets him down slightly it is around the greens a short game and the pros will tell you you drive for show you putt for dough it's, it's the short <laughs> game where good. you save where you sh save shots on a golf course and that's uh and that's what he needs to sharpen up if he's going to compete at the very highest levels. But uh, he he led the Australian Open um, a couple of years ago in his yep. first season as a pro after two rounds. So uh, he's mixed it with the big boys. And, uh, you know, he it's only a matter of time before we see him winning trophies on the main tours, I think. All right, with Danny Hicks for a Friday morning. He's live from the Olympics. If you've got any comments, morningbrew at rthk.hk. Or find us on Facebook and we'll chuck them in and have a chat. What you got, Danny? Well, uh, just run through sort of the news from yesterday in a way, and the, and the big news here is that the virus cases, I'm sorry to say, are exploding. Just watching Rory McIlroy tee off on the 10th as we speak. Um, mm -hmm. Virus cases here are exploding. There was a nationwide record of 10,000 cases, new cases yesterday, and 3,865 in Tokyo. Tokyo, and of course, this is starting a bit of a backlash. People saying that um, we told you so. You know, it's because of the Olympics, and you've let all these people in, but. Here's the facts. There's been 193 games-related COVID positives since July the 1st, which is July the 30th today. That's not a lot in the whole context. And according to the IOC spokesman, Mark Adams, he says there's not a single case of infection from athletes to the Tokyo population. So those of us who are here in the bubbles, inside the villages, inside the venues, we're not transmitting. We're getting tested virtually every day. If we're positive, we have to isolate. There's no... It seems to be where it's breaking down for me is that we've got a lot of local Japanese staff, support staff, food and beverage staff, your yes. volunteers, you name it, who, who are not within the bubble and are coming in and out from their homes and travelling in from other it? parts. I mean, they're so necessary. The and, and, and they're, they're here the at the venue. There's yeah. one sitting behind me here, man in the man in the media tent and so on. And, um, you know, and, and yeah, and that, although they're getting tested regularly like other people are, then, um, excuse me, that noise is me just trying to find the swimming on the TV channel uh, in the background if you hear it. But uh, although they're getting tested regularly, as we all are, of course, the, they're mixing. What what we're not able to do, obviously, is mixing bars and restaurants Indeed. and things outside yeah, yeah. the venues. But they are, and then they're potentially spreading infection back into here, and then maybe that's how it's spreading around the population. And there's a lot of them on the move every day from their prefectures to different venues and so on and maybe this is why spiking and of course that horrible delta variant that we know is so contagious so it would have been impossible really to do anything more than they have done with the support staff because they're local I, people just doing a job exactly right? you can't 
put them in you can't put them into quarantine for two three four five weeks uh, over the olympics paralympics how do you do it i think they've done the best they can in circumstances um but the problem is now that they're talking about extending the state of emergency further and wider the state of emergency in tokyo is due to end on august 22nd it's yeah. going to be extended to august 31st and all the neighboring prefectures like saitama where i am uh, where it is a, where restaurants are open till a bit later at night uh, not that I can use them at the moment because uh, we're supposed to not till Monday when I'm out of 14 days of uh, of, of being monitored right um, uh, they're open till nine o'clock at night 9 30 at night whereas in Tokyo everything's shutting at eight uh, restaurants out here are still allowed to serve alcohol whereas in Tokyo they're not and so on and so on so we're we're hoping that because I'm out here for the duration till the end of the Olympics of the yeah. Gulf I'm hoping that next week I could go out and you know get a meal and a drink but um um, you know, if they extend the measures to the neighbouring prefectures to Tokyo, then uh, we're going to be stymied. But, uh, You're going to be there for quite a while, actually, aren't you? You're going to be looking out for the Paralympics as well, I believe. I'm going to be here till September, right yeah. through the Paralympics, which end on September the 5th. I won't be flying back into quarantine in Hong Kong till September the 6th. So, yeah. Um, the other big story yesterday, of course, rumbling on Simone Biles, uh, her pullout of the all-around gymnastics competition, absolute superstar. Um, and another American, Sinisa Lee, won that competition with, with Simone looking on from the stands, which was great news. And a bit more is emerging about her sort of psychological problems and why she's had these issues. Um, it's something called the twisties, which is, you know, you get a mental block. They call it the twisties when you're twisting and you lose kind of orientation as a, as a gymnast. And it's a bit like having the nips in golf or, or dartitis in darts. The difference with the yips in golf is if it happens to you, you miss a putt. With a gymnast, if it happens to you, you could break your neck and be paralysed. So um, you can understand where these psychological fears are coming from and people start to understand it a bit more. It's a brain-body-muscle-memory thing, isn't it, apparently? It is, it, absolutely. And if you get disorientated and you, 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 tr you, put, you try and pull out of a, of, a, of a complicated tumble or move, that's when you can cause yourself serious injury. So uh, we wish Simone Biles well with that. And uh, it's been a big talking point. Rory Michael, I was talking about it after the golf yesterday, saying he's 100% behind her decision to pull out. If you don't feel right, he said, if you don't feel right physically, you're allowed to pull out with injury. He said, but if you don't feel right mentally, people say, oh, just get on with it. No, that's an injury as well, and it should be recognised. And I think he's absolutely right in that. And a lot of, lot of people rallying around. He, he lives in the States. He was telling me, you know, it's been the Simone Biles Olympics in the States. It's just Simone Biles, Simone Biles, all the, on the TV all the time, the Simone Biles Olympics. That pressure on a young 24-year-old girl, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot to bear. And as I pointed out yesterday, also uh, the victim of uh, sexual abuse as a child uh, growing up in gymnastics. So, you know, she's got some, some issues she's had to deal with in her young life, and she's dealing with another one now, and I think she's dealing with it great. But I must to tell you that the uh, just on the screen in front of me, the uh, starting lineup is coming out for the women's 100 metres freestyle final, and that means Siobhan Horhey going for a second medal to follow up her silver in the 200 freestyle for Hong Kong. The swimmers are just at the side of the pool, and uh, we're going to be off in that one very soon. And I'm going to bring you exactly what happens. We're just introducing the swimmers now. That's Anna Hopkin of Great Britain coming out. Just run through the lineup. Uh, in lane one, we've got Abby Weitzel of the USA. Lane two, Penny Alexiak of Canada. Bronze behind uh, behind uh, Siobhan Horhey in the 200 the other day. Then we've got the greatest Australian, Kate Campbell, in lane three. Another Australian, fastest in the semi-finals, Emma McEwen in lane four. 
Then in lane five, Siobhan Horhey, second fastest in the semis, just eight hundredths of a second behind Emma McEwen's time. Then in lane six, we've got the world record holder, Sarah Showstrom of Sweden. Not been at her best in these games, though, but you're the world record holder. Anything can happen. Femke Hinskirk of Netherlands in seven, as I just said, Anna Hopkin of Great Britain in eight. And um, really, lanes three, four, 